0: This um, this Thursday class is now a structured study of the Taragaatha and a Terragatha, the preserved poems of the uh, ancient monks and nuns. Um, this particular poem is the 10th class in this structured study. Um, it's called Vimala a courtesan unbound. So it's an interesting little poem and teaching about um, a courtesan during the Buddha's time. Um why she developed that way of life and it's telling in this little poem that she saying she mastered that life to such an extent that she could expose herself to crowds and they would become enchanted by her beauty and what she was showing them um, and you can hear the disdain in her voice for being able to do that and even the underlying cause that we know of self-loathing and it's just a remarkable little sutta how it reveals her own self-loathing and their, the common human self-loathing rooted in greed, aversion, and diluted thinking. <coughs> in how she overcame all of that directly the way that we're doing it, through the Eightfold Path and gaining true insight, true Vipassana, into greed, aversion, and diluted thinking. Um... It's very simple. It should be understood, like in all of the suttas and in all of these poems, uh, the Dhammapada, they're all taught in the same context, that the, that the, the suttas or the poems, etc., are reflective of what the Sangha is learning. Um, why am I making that distinction? Because it's, it's, it's this path that the Buddha taught and no other, and this is really reflected quite well in this particular um, little snippet of the Dhamma. But again, Vimala has already heard the Dhamma and has been practicing jhana meditation within the context of the Eightfold Path. And so she's ready to have these experiences. She, she's prepared herself for her moment of awakening. Vimala says, Intoxicated by my beauty and fame, intoxicated with youth, the things that gets everybody, isn't it? She despised other women. Why? Because they were competition to her own beauty. Immediately, she's describing a life spent in ongoing eye-making and how disappointing it was. She adores, she says, adorning my body to fool foolish men or I adorn my body to, a fool, to fool foolish people out there. At the brothel's door, she's coming up to that to that decision again that she's made over and over again to, to keep going. At the brothel's door door, like a hunter with a snare, she caught herself. Like a hunter with a snare, I shaved I shoved off my <laughs> I showed off my ornaments and revealed my private part. She sees her eye making in that moment that she opened up her robe and showed herself to the world. All eye making. She was enchanted with what she was able to do with people. She laughed at them. I laughed at the crowd. And then she talks about today. And again, I hope you can feel the the agitation in my voice because I'm trying to portray what I think Vimala was portraying. Today, wrapped in two robes, her inner robe and her outer robe, for warmth. Her head shaved, just as a consequence of Dhamma practice, not for any other reason. Her head shaved. She's just returned from alms. She sits down at the root of a tree and gains the non-distracted state, the state of jhana, the state of concentration. Now, she says, clinging to all impermanent phenomena has been abandoned, including the notion that there's more for me to do or more for me to learn as far as dhamma practice. In other words, this is what the Buddha taught, just this. I'm going to read it again. Clinging to all impermanent phenomena has been abandoned. The search has ended, she's saying. I found what works for me. And she she describes that by saying this. Desire, aversion, and deluded thinking has ended. The three defilements, the thing that defiles all human beings, she has recommend, recognized it in herself and abandoned it. And then she describes the awakened state, the fully mature human state, just as the Buddhists described it. She says, cooled, I am unbound. That's the end of the little poem. As an unbound from all views ignorant of four noble truths. Again, the context is important to understand that the, the Buddha taught the purpose of his Dhamma is to end ignorance of these four noble truths, and that's what she's describing. So that's today's little um, little poem. There's a lot in there, isn't it? Isn't there, Dominic? but sweet
1: yeah I agree yeah no there's really not much to add you know it's maybe the one thing that not that I dislike but you know I don't like people uh, I know this is not bragging you know but it it feels like you know let the whole world know that I have achieved nirvana or you know and maybe I find that a little bit I don't
0: know uncomfortable yeah again you, you need to understand it in the broader context what she's saying she's doing what everybody else did so it's completely ordinary awakening yeah. wait a minute this is so, so important Dominic to your own way of thinking awakening as she is describing it isn't self-aggrandizing it's a natural it's a natural outcome of a well-informed and well-focused dharma practice so there's no bragging talking about Yourself, in reality, in the context that it's presented in, is not I making. She's just being honest to other people in the sangha, saying, "Yeah, I did. I, I came from right where you are, grasping after everything, and my mind cooled. I am now unbound." That's exactly what Siddhartha claimed. So I don't, I don't yeah, see. But you know the, the need. There's no butt there, Dominic. The butt is in your mind. I'm not trying to argue with you. The butt is in your mind because that's how you see it. But you're not seeing it through right view. So how else would you describe the awakened state if you're awakened? How else you're saying that the awakened, awakened state is a drag. what's that? World to know about it, you know? Oh sorry, I didn't hear that.
1: If I was if I was an awakened being, you know, I wouldn't write poems to let other people know I would just enjoy it,
0: you know? Okay, so again, Dominic, that's your view. Yeah, and you're taking absolutely. your view, saying, wait a minute, it's important because you're seeing you're portraying that out onto the world. You're saying there's a little bit of something I don't like about her because I don't like it in myself. Rather uh, than listening... Okay. All right, I understand what you're saying, Dominic. And it, it, no, no, I'm, I'm
1: not, I don't have any problems with it. I understand why she did it. I, I'm just saying I wouldn't do it.
0: I know, but I'm, I, I understand the context in which I'm saying it, Dominic. That's where yeah. you're getting hung up on. That's all I'm saying. Don't, you don't need to defend it. It's because you're trying... It's the essence of the Dharma to project your thoughts out onto the world and saying that that world should be different because of the way that I'm thinking. When I'm saying it is just like the sutta, this little uh, poem says, interrupt that thinking, and you'll realize that your even minor distraction, if you want to call it that, by recognizing it, is in your mind. It's not in Vimala, it's not in the Sutta, it's not in the suttas, it's not in the Dhamma. Or whatever you think the Dhamma should be, whether you like it or not, everything is occurring in your thinking. You would agree with that? I don't want to argue that point either. Stop it, Bodie. Tom, what do you have to say? Thank you, Dominic. <laughs> Bodie, stop it. Come here. Sit down. What do you think, Tom? Um, stop. Lay down. Come on. Lay down. Lay down. Stop. Lay down, puppy. Go ahead. Sorry, Tom. Um,
1: uh, I don't really know. Um, I guess... I guess I guess um, to sort of follow on from what you're discussing with Dominic, it's it's a per, there's a it's it's possible to have a a different um, personal reaction to how we would act if we were awakened, correct? Like I I could be awake. And not write a poem about it and keep silent, as Dominic's suggesting. But, but I could also equally say, you know what? I'm awakened, and I'm going to share why I'm awakened because that that's the only way to, you know, help others to to learn about this practice and become awakened as well, right? So there's nothing wrong in how she that did is. There's nothing wrong in how she did it because, as you said, she's just she's not bragging. She's just saying how she feels, you know, how she's just saying what was the natural consequence of her dharma practice, but also, there's no obligation for anybody if they become awakened to, to... <laughs> Will you stop? That's enough. Stop it. Stop.
0: Sorry, right, Tom. Stay right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just saying that also there's no obligation for people to talk about it necessarily if they don't, Um, um, if that's not their natural reaction to them being awakened. Does that make sense?
0: Makes sense to me. Thank you, Tom. Um, So, yeah.
1: Otherwise...
0: um Well, you've read in many sutras, Tom, and you've heard me teach it, that where the Buddha describes himself as a rightly self-awakened one. And of course, that's not braggadocio. He's just describing to his students that he's done it. And why should they listen to someone who said, I teach the awakened state, but I don't know anything about it. You should run from that person. But most modern teachers are teaching the same thing. They're teaching to imagine the culmination of the path without a direct way to get there. And that was the one thing that set Siddhartha... Apart from everybody else during his time, and from my experience, from my time, and I've gone beyond the need to find someone else that's not doing that. I don't care. I found the Buddha's Dhamma. it's enough for me. So that's my practice. I don't. I don't. Because of what she says in this Sutta, um, I stopped the search as well. Because from my own direct experience and now teaching others, it's what I found to be true. But. Uh, for for you, Dominic, you, Tom, for anybody else, everybody I've ever taught, whether they're practicing now or not, it's up to every one of them to decide they're going to practice it in this way. So all that I can do is to present it in the way that I think is most um, uh, skillful and useful and practically applied. But also, Dominic, I know you you, you hear me say this, and Tom, too. Almost uh, Body stop it. Almost every class has at least a little bit about it's this and it's not that because that's almost included in every sutta, including this, because it was common during the Buddha's time to need to describe that and for the need to, a so-called awakened person to say, I am awakened and this is what I did, because again, if I wanted to learn how to drive and I see somebody riding around on a bicycle, I say, can you teach me how to drive? And they say, sure, I'm the fool, aren't I? Because they're they're practicing something and teaching something that I don't really want to know. I want to learn how to drive a car. A bicycle rider can't teach me that. Somebody who doesn't know the Dhamma can't teach the Dhamma. So there's a lot of very sincere Dharma teachers out there. Their practices have nothing, there's nothing there that I'm interested in. Um, I was for a long, long time thinking that I found my, I would find my salvation in it, but I didn't. So I came to this and this is what I, this is what I found. And so when I hear Vimala or someone else, every one of these suttas is one of the there's 274, by the way, Dominic, of the monks, and the ancient monks and nuns who are declaring their awakened state in each and every one of them. So I'm not trying to beat you up, Dominic. I'm just trying to make the point that as an awakened human being, it's important for that awakened human being to state that so that other people can actually take true refuge in them. Because, in other words, there's no true refuge. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued Restoration preservation and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com Thank you, peace.